0: What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to this week's episode of Outside the Arena. I'm Griffin Senek, joined alongside my co-host, Devin Bernstein. We're back once again. MLB playoffs underway. Super exciting week for your Philadelphia Phillies, Devin. The CBP was rocking. But before we get into all the action from the MLB and preview NFL Week 5, just make sure to like, comment, and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. We really appreciate it. On that road to... 100 subscribers i think we're about like 20 away um so every subscriber counts we'd greatly appreciate it if you drop a subscribe um if you're new to the channel we do a lot of nfl mlb nba coverage here weekly sports podcast so yeah drop a subscribe uh but yeah we're gonna jump right into it mlb playoffs and we'll start off with your phillies dev took care of business against the marlins i mean i feel like kind of everyone was seeing that series going that way besides Miami Marlins fans. But uh, Aaron Nola, Zach Wheeler, both dominated. Bryson Stock grand slam in game two, electrified. You know, there was a, that viral clip. I think you reboasted on your story uh, of uh, just the audio of the crowd, which was pretty nuts. Your thoughts on kind of the series, what you saw from the fills that uh, you think will be key going forward against the Braves.
1: Yeah, I mean, if I had, like, one thing that I would say this was the biggest positive from the win, I, I would just say it was how well Aaron Nola pitched last night. I mean, he has been, you know, an ace-level pitcher in the past, but he just, you know, hasn't been able to find that form this year. The stats are still pretty good besides the ERA. So, I mean, I think there's some suggestion that he's still obviously a very good pitcher. Might not might not have had a great year. Um, but just to see him have a great outing to you know, kind of set the tone that was a big sign. You know, the bullpen looked good and is rested. um, and then obviously we just that that home run from Stada was electric. I mean, yeah um, yeah, every, every everything that crowd is just I mean, no one wants to play there, especially not like Strider <laughs> uh, I mean, oh, flashbacks. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna have flashbacks to last year. And he said he didn't want to play with fans. I saw that in an interview. Yeah. Uh no, yeah, he's not gonna like the bank. <laughs> um, but but yeah, no, I I I mean this this is just a Phillies team that's you know ready for kind of anything. I mean, like the lineup is loaded. Like we've talked about the, the pitching staff has kind of gotten into form here, especially if Nola can find his way in the bullpen looks pretty good. And they seem to be kind of making all the right moves. The defense has figured itself out. So I'm optimistic as you can be going up against the Braves, but um, should be a great series. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it.
2: Yeah.
0: Um. I mean, we'll touch on that series a little later, but um. yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it just remind like those two games just remind you of last season in the playoffs and why the Phillies kind of had the run they did. It's just a, a really good offense with a lot of power hitters that a lot of clutch hitters. And uh, you know just the this, you know, I guess in baseball, it's the 10th man, I don't even know, but uh, you know, just the crowd there is just once you get a lead, it feels like the game's over almost in Philly, which is wild and and no other baseball atmosphere I think is is like you know Citizens Bank Park at this point. Um, And you just see the team like obviously like I'm not a big I can't say I'm a Phillies guy. I'm rooting for him against the Braves. Um, But as a Mets fan like I'm obviously not a big Phillies guy. But just like it's a fun team like that you see in them celebrating like Garrett Stubbs is like wearing the overalls and like guy is blacking out in the locker room like it's a a funny group for sure. And, uh, you know, I think it's, uh, you know, a team that's that's easy to root for real quick on the Marlins. I mean. Really good season for them. Um, obviously, you know, coming into the series without Sandy Alcantara, Sandy Alcantara, um, you know, Yuri Perez is hurt. Like, it's tough to really go in expecting Jesus Lazardo and Braxton Garrett. And then, like, if they somehow got to Game 3, like Johnny Cueto to go get the job done in Philly. But, alas, a good season for them. You know, a lot a lot to uh, be happy about. Larissa Reyes, he'll be back. You know, Jazz Chisholm. I know some Marlins fans don't really – love him but you know he's a good young player jake berger so this team's gonna be good next year um so good step forward for them um and yeah um i mean we can just i guess we'll just go kind of uh wild card the divisional round so philly's braves obviously rematch of last year's nlds it will be you know it starts in atlanta which i think is huge for the braves because you know those two games it's those are pretty pivotal um, what are your thoughts on the series obviously this Braves offense you know we talk about the Phillies offense being good this Braves offense is historically good it seems so yeah. uh, what are your kind of thoughts heading into this series
1: yeah I mean the the first and obvious thing is this is you know the Phillies are just gonna have to play really really well to win this series and you know the Braves don't necessarily have to play their best because four of their five nine guys could be you know, in a complete slump and the other five can be carrying the rest of their team. I've seen that (laughs) at at times this year. I mean, it it Mm -hmm. almost doesn't matter because their lineup has been so loaded, but it's like only a few guys are needed to produce the amount of runs to win games. But, um, you know, just to talk about the pitching matchups a little bit here. So it looks like game one is going to be Ranger Suarez, the lefty for the Phillies. Um, you know, he's looked pretty good against the Braves, but had a pretty tough year. He's had two stints on the IL this year. So, you know, you know, pretty moderate expectations against obviously the Braves offense. And then, you know, they're going to go in, be going in with it looks like Strider and Freed game one yeah. and two. Um, and then it looks like the Phillies will probably go Wheeler, Nola, and then either Suarez or someone else for game four. And then it would be Wheeler again for game five um just with the I think there's like an extra rest day or something like that so yeah
0: the series is weird it's like they play game one and then they have a day off it's so weird yeah
1: um so I think that could kind of benefit the Phillies in the sense that they are coming off of a series at least and aren't as completely rested as the Braves are and you know if you have three or five you know games where it's either Nola or Wheeler pitching you have a pretty good shot but then you look at the Braves it's like they've got Freed <laughs> and Strider so it's like it's not it's not much better um you know it's not like you know we're gonna kill them with the starting pitching so this is I think this is gonna be a great series um I think these offenses are gonna come to play I think you know both the games in Philly are gonna be insane I think you know this is I think these are probably two of the three best teams, at, you know, two at the very least two of the five best teams, in my opinion. Um, you know, and we saw this series last year. I'm just, I'm excited. I I, I don't even know what my prediction is. I think my heart tells me obviously that the Phillies are going to win it. Um, but you know, it it really could go either way. It
0: really could. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's awesome. I mean, this is the series I'm definitely most excited for out of the four. Um, like, like you said, I mean, it's like, I genuinely have no idea who's going to win this series. I think for the Braves, it's all about, you have to win at home. Like if this series goes back high to Philadelphia, they could be in some serious trouble. Cause like, like we saw last year, like just almost impossible for teams to win in Philly. If the Braves go up to, um, you know, that will be the series. But if the Phillies go up to, obviously it's the series too. I'm, I mean, that's just like common sense. I'd be like, but like, I don't know. It's like it feels like almost the Braves have to go up 2-0 to like like I don't know. I feel like Philly's just not the Phillies are just not going to lose at home. Um, but yeah, like you said, the pitching matchups, you got Strider game one who, you know, it's an interesting case with him because he, he had like a three eight ERA or something this year. But he like had like almost 300 strikeouts. So, you know, he's going to get his like 10 strikeouts no matter what. It's just a matter of like can you get to him. And I I, I think the Phillies, you know, very well can. with we on the postseason last year. We've seen it, you know throughout the season so you know it's not it's just i mean can ranger suarez get it done i think for the phillies it's just going to be you know be pitching pitching's got to keep them in games because if this braves offense gets going there's just no offense as good as the phillies offense is it's just mm-hmm. not going to be able to keep up we've seen the braves like it's just like once it's just like on it's just like it's great it's like the craziest thing i've ever seen like 10 runs like you'll blink and it's like that so it pitching is going to be the key for the the You know, their bullpen did good in in the Marlins series. I think it's going to have to be even better. Um, You know, obviously, Wheeler and Nola gave them, you know, both seven innings. That's going to be key, too, you know, just keeping the ball in your best player's hands. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, assuming those guys aren't getting, like, shelled, like, I know you you got to – you try to reserve them and and not, you know, let them run out of gas. But, you know, Rob Thompson's kind of going to – you got to kind of let them get maybe even close to, like, 110 pitches or something like that just because I think those guys are just – the best, even when they're tired compared to, you know, the Phillies bullpen hasn't been bad, but it's still like, there's just, just with the Braves lineup, I just think, you know, Nolan Wheeler gives you your best shot. So um yeah, I know I'm kind of rambling right now, but really good series. If I had to predict, I'd probably say Braves in four, but um it's just such a, a it's going to be really fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. I think honestly, whoever wins game one, I I don't know. I don't want to sound like a fucking idiot, but yeah, whoever wins game one is in a good spot, and I think we'll probably end up winning the series. So, yeah, especially if the the Phillies win the suarez Strider matchup, they're winning the series.
1: That's what I was thinking. Um, Yeah. Just a few more thoughts. We're kind of yeah. talking about the series a lot, but I think yeah, this is good. the most fun series. Um, obviously, yeah. I'm most excited for this one, too. But <laughs> uh, Orion Kirkering, I believe that's how it's pronounced. We saw him get in the game last night for the Phillies, kind of in a low stress but playoff inning, and he looked really good. He's got a nice fastball and slider, so he could potentially give you something. And then Christopher Sanchez, who's been the fifth yeah. to sixth starter for a while, He's a lefty who could – maybe they use him out of the bullpen. Maybe he kind of starts game four for a couple innings. You know, you've – you know, there's a lot of – there's a lot of options. You know, it's it's better than last year where, you know, Cindergard had to start a game.
0: <laughs> um as cr- I can't did – he, did he start in the World Series or am I wrong? Maybe I, not. I, I don't I'd think
1: – He might have done one inning. He might have done one
0: inning. Oh, my God. I got to look this up. You can keep talking.
1: Um. Yeah, so, I mean – it seems like this team has a few more arms and options to go to than they did last year, um. So you know, in theory, I'm kind of rambling on again, but you know, I just <laughs> I am confident that this is going to be a really intense, high level baseball series that kind of feels like almost like a World Series or a championship level series, um. So yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. And I think one thing that I forgot to mention is that. Um, you know, I think whoever wins this series probably ends up going to the World Series. I think, uh, you know, the Dodgers obviously a good team, but I just think that, uh, yeah, he did start. He pitched three innings in game five of the World Series. That's crazy. Um, you have two runs. Um, but yeah, I, I think whoever wins this series will end up being back in the World Series. So it should be a really good series. Um, you know, obviously. I think it'll probably be over by the next time we film. If I had to guess, I'm trying to see. I lost my uh schedule. Here we go. So game five would be Saturday. No, it could still be going on. It definitely could still be going on. So uh very well maybe going on. So game three would be on Wednesday. So that's when we usually film. So uh who knows? Uh but moving on, because we were just rambling on at this point. Um we'll jump to uh you know Blue Jays twins. Or no, we'll start in order. Rangers Rays. Um you know, another early exit for the Rays, disappointing ending to their season. Obviously, um, you know, they they went through a lot. The Wander Franco thing, obviously, doesn't seem like he's going to be playing baseball again. They had, you know, Jeffrey Springs, Shane McClanahan, both undergo Tommy John. So they dealt with a lot in terms of injuries, uh, but they did persevere. But Texas, at the end of the day, gets it done. Jordan Montgomery, really good start in game one. And then I believe it was Nathan Evaldi in game two, pitched really good. Um, this lineup as good as any in baseball I can't I didn't just looking at this box score now that Robbie Grossman hit third in their game two that's pretty crazy um don't know yeah, how that
2: happened a weird
1: obsession with him for how loaded their lineup is that's like that is yeah like fifth or something and then he's at third still it's a little weird
0: that's we I didn't even realize he was like I mean I honestly I have not been watching as much baseball as I'd like to be but wow that is weird. Uh, but regardless, Rangers lineup really good. They've got good pitching. Scherzer potentially coming back, which you know I feel like that could be a negative. But um, yeah, what are your thoughts on uh, on the Rangers? Obviously, disappointing exit for the the Rays.
1: Yeah, I mean we'll get into the series preview in a second, but you know this is this is a really good offense. So and with how injured Tampa Bay was, and obviously the limited crowd impact, <laughs> that was crazy. Of, that was crazy I'm mean, crazy um but you know it wasn't shocking to me but I was a little bit surprised especially with the starting pitching that it just really struggled and then the bullpen you know has been just horrible I mean they have so few arms that they can trust and you know in playoff games that's just you're gonna have these high leverage situations and it's like yeah. they got through it for two games and maybe this great starting pitching will carry them and you know something like that but you know is this to me was more about the rays not being themselves and you know i really do think that they were a top two team in the al top two or three team in the al um until all all these you know bad things just started to happen to them you know like they were talking about it on the broadcast there's their guys you know that were hitting that were starting in the lineup that didn't even that weren't even on the team to start the year i mean like yeah it's just, you know they you know they had some guys that just were so important and just they couldn't they couldn't replace it and yeah um yeah i mean good for the rangers their offense like you said is loaded but i i don't give them the biggest chance against the
0: orioles to be honest yeah i mean i you know their offense can probably keep them in any game um you know the pitching is what is definitely a concern i think that bullpen you know they kind of got saved because just you know the fact that both their starters went like into the seventh inning um you know we didn't really see much of it but you know, now it's like, now you're playing more than two games. Like you said, like now we're going to, you're, you know, starters are going to get tired. They're not going to have their best outings and you're going to have to trust that bullpen. And as they, you know, showed all the year, you know, really has not been good. Um, You know, look, anything can happen in the playoffs. That's the great thing about baseball is, you know, the Rangers bullpen could turn into the greatest, you know, bullpen of of all time in the playoffs. I mean, weird stuff like that could happen. Will it happen? I don't know about that, but um, you know, could it? Yeah. Um, But, yeah. Like you said, just the raise. I mean, it's, I feel for, you know, it's, it's tough. I mean, they've done such a good job there with the building of that roster and, you know, you look at their budget and, and how many wins they have year in and year out. And obviously when you're a franchise player that you gave your, I think, yeah, definitely their biggest contract in franchise history too, you know, without getting into the off the field issue, you know, he's basically not going to be able to play baseball anymore. Um, you know, it screws you over, especially when, you know, you're the, you know, AL Cy Young award winner. I think he was the AL Cy Young award winner the year before. Maybe not. Maybe he was just, no, Verlander won it. So he was up there, uh, probably the favorite in the AL before he got hurt. Um, When he goes down, Springs goes down. I mean, it's just like, it's just tough. Um, But, yeah, I think the Rangers are uh, an interesting team, and we can pivot to Rangers-Orioles. Obviously, uh, Baltimore – Very interesting team, really good offense, a lot of young talent. The pitching, um, you know, they have some guys, Kyle Bradish, Grayson Rodriguez looked really good down the stretch. Um, You know, they traded for Jack Flaherty. He wasn't that good. I don't know if he's even going to be in the rotation. Um, Obviously, without Felix Bautista, he's undergoing Tommy John, which is not good for them. Um, But, yeah, I know you – the Orioles were your World Series team. Are you standing by that or – the the Rangers it didn't sound like you were too convinced that the Rangers are going to take him
1: yeah I mean I'm definitely taking the Orioles in this series um I will say though the, the Bautista injury I mean it's about as big of as as big as a reliever injury can be I mean yeah he just especially I mean he was such a no-name and the story is incredible but I mean just um you know, losing a guy like that, it's so, you know, they don't have the, they don't have a bunch of guys who can, who can replace that. And, you know, there isn't one guy who can, you know, I don't even know who's going to be stepping into the the full-time closer role, um to be honest, but, you know, it's not going to be just one guy, even if he's pitching well, that's going to be able to replace him. So, you know, this kind of changes a lot, you know, even in terms of how long you're keeping your starter in, in certain situations, it's like, you don't have the, you know, inning to potentially two innings in the playoffs of of shutdown performance that, you know, you could be looking for. Um, But, you know, outside of that, I I do think this is like a better kind of version of the Rangers in a way. And I just don't think enough. In in, again, even though it's not a full seven game, best of seven game series, I just think best of five, you're going to have at least one or two games where your pitcher goes three or four innings and gives up three or four runs, something like that. And it's just like, the bullpen's just not going to be able to hang. um. And, you know, again, it's not like the Orioles have the best bullpen or the best starting pitching, but I would say it's better. And it hasn't been nearly as big of a problem as it has been for the Rangers. So anything could happen, but, I, you know, I, you know, in terms of the, on, on the field on paper stuff, it, it just seems like the Orioles are are big favorites here.
2: Yeah.
0: um, It's super. I just, I don't know why I was just thinking about it, but like, just thinking about the fact that, you know, if the Rangers had Jacob DeGrom right now, like how like crazy that would be. I mean, yeah, would be something. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, oh, it's it's a good it's going to be a good series. I think, you know, Texas has the experience, which I do think will play is- into this. They've got a lot of guys who have been there. Corey Seager, uh, Marcus Simeon has played a lot of playoff games. Obviously, you know, guys like Evaldi have you know, won a World Series. I believe he did um you know Scherzer if he pitches he's as experienced as anyone obviously last year was a mess with the Mets but um uh, you know he's still shown he can he can be lights out um so it's it's interesting and I do think experience will play a role um and that's why I think you know my world series team is kind of what I said last week I think the Astros are kind of just going to do it again without you know looking ahead but um I'm gonna go with the. I, I see who were the Rangers starting in Game One. Do you know?
1: that's a great question. I'm gonna look into that right now. Keep talking. I'll,
2: I'll try to figure um, it out. Um,
0: because I think you know, starting pitching, they've got all these guys that they've like signed, but it's just like actually a matter of who's able to pitch at this point. I'm trying to load it up too, but um, you know, I think that's the key because at the end of the day, like you said, like the Orioles starting pitching, you know, they're probably gonna roll out some form of, of a. You know, Kyle Bradish, Grayson Rodriguez, John Means in games one, two, three, which will be, you know, solid. Um, but I don't think any of those guys have pitched in a playoff game. I would. Yeah, there's no way, um, which I do think makes a difference. I think it's big that they're home for the first two games. Um, I think that you know, Camden's going to be going crazy. Um, did you get a yeah. word on who's?
1: Yeah, sorry. sorry. I, yeah. Dane Dunning and Andrew Heaney. So I mean, kind of middle of the rotation, two three guys.
0: I gotta look up these some stats real quick. So Dunning's been like a three seven, and then you said Heen Dog has taken the bump like a four five. Yeah. Um, damn. I'm gonna go with the Orioles. I then um, you know, being at home those first two games against those pitchers, I just think that'll that'll make a difference, but you can't put it past this Texas offense because you know the best player in the series is is Corey Seager. Um you know and and you know he had some I think he had a few hits in the the wild card round but um like you know, he, yeah 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 so if he gets if he gets going that could be trouble but I will go with the Orioles too in like four games I think would be my prediction. Um but interesting series just the pitching for the Rangers is like with those two and then you go to the bullpen it could yeah. just get ugly quick. Yeah. All right, Uh, moving along, we'll head over to the Twin Cities where they finally won a playoff game and they won two. Uh, Twins sweep the Blue Jays, who, I mean, they're in a weird spot in terms of their organization. But regardless, um, Twins get the job done. Royce Lewis in game one, obviously, with two homers. That was big. Uh, Carlos Correa had some moments in there. They had the pickoff. Sonny Gray, Pablo Lopez both really pitched well. You know this team is is built on their pitching. They have really good starting pitching. Um, they've got some guys in the lineup too. I mean Carlos Correa you know as experienced as anyone in the playoffs. Um, Royce Lewis, really good young player. I mean your thoughts on this series, and then also just Toronto Blue Jays. I mean this has been a team feels like that has been hyped up now for the past few years. They've made some big signings year in and year out, and just once again not able to get the job done.
1: Yeah. Um. I'll start with the Twins here. I mean, I think this is almost a team that their, you know, their sales pitch on why they're they're a good team and can compete is is similar to what you see with the Brewers. Um. It's yep. you know the great starting pitching, a good bullpen as well, and then you know you've got some bats that have at least the potential to be good. I mean, like the twins offense hasn't really been very good, but like you look Mm -hmm. at like Correa and like Royce Lewis has been amazing. in in the little amount he's played and like Polanco could in theory, get it going again. Like there are guys that it's like, it wouldn't be crazy if especially in a a one series situation and what we saw, they get it going. So, you know, it's not really out of the, you know, crazy to, you know, see this offense get getting going, but it, it really does come back to that pitching. Like you said, um, getting to the blue jays i mean you know it's a little it's hard to say it's like what are they even doing wrong organizationally in a sense yeah. like it doesn't feel like they're you know making the wrong moves or even like you know they're spending more than you know a lot of teams it's not like they're limited by their spending you know as at least not nearly as much as teams like the rays or anything like that and it's like yeah no. but they haven't even i don't even think they've won if like, they want a playoff game with this core or
0: like Yeah, they've definitely wanna I think they've definitely won a, a playoff game, but let me I'll check. I'll look it up.
1: Yeah, I mean they yeah, so it's you know, I mean Vlad didn't quite have the season you were maybe expecting. It's like I, I don't know, it's just they just they're just a little bit missing with this Blue Jays team and you know, it's hard to say exactly what the the proper next step is because they're not they're not a bad team at all. I mean, they're they're in the 85 to 90 win range like every year, yeah.
2: You were
0: right. They have not won a playoff game with this court. Oh, you really? are totally right. Full credit to you. Yes. Okay. Um they've not won a playoff game since 2016.
2: Wow. Wow.
0: Wow. Pretty bad. Um <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, like you said, like twins built on pitching, um, you know, that was like the whole pitch, I think, in the whole media narrative before was like Pablo Lopez, Sonny Gray, like this team will probably go as far as those two go. And, uh, you know, they got the job done. they both pitched, you know, they didn't pitch as well as probably the guys on the Phillies, but they got the job done. They handed the keys off to the bullpen and they took it from there. And, you know, like you said, like in the playoffs, the keys, with some of these guys, it's just like one guy, one or two guys gets hot in the lineup and like, that's enough. And, you know, this, this team has more than enough talent. Royce Lewis, Polanco, Carlos Correa. Like, Carlos Correa is one of the better playoff performers of all time. And that's, you know, he got that huge contact, contract for a reason. Obviously, a down year for him. But he can make all that money worth it. The entire contract with one good postseason run, literally. Like, if they win the World Series, no one's ever going to care about that Carlos Correa contract, which is crazy. But, it's like, if he goes out and hits four bombs the rest of the way, like, that's that, Um, which is – the beautiful game we play. Um, yeah, on the flip side, the Blue Jays. Um, I didn't even know that, so shout out to you with the stat there. But I mean, yeah, not winning a playoff game with Guerrero, Bichette. Um, you know, they they signed Springer, obviously. I mean, a total disaster. Um, this team has gone out, they've spent a lot of money. They signed Gosman. they traded an extended Barrios, they signed Chris Bass in the offseason, they signed Kikuchi like a year or two ago. So they signed all these starters, um, you know, and they have pretty good starting pitching and they've got obviously a good lineup. They signed Springer, Vladdy's still there, Bichette, um, you know, Alejandro Kirk was the all-star starter a year ago at catcher. Um, You know, Matt Chapman, they brought in, he kind of had a hot month and then died down. But like you said, like they've done all the right things. It's, it's just like, it's not worked. So at some point you have to accept that and move on um so i think they have a very interesting offseason in store because like you said like they haven't won a playoff game since 2016 like that is we're approaching you know i guess that's like seven years now and you know something's got to change you can't be spending all this money because these guys are only getting older like george springer he's slowing down like we've seen it they had to move him to the corner outfield you know his bat's not quite what it used to be um you know they signed some of these veterans kind of to be fillers like brandon Belt, kevin Kiermeier. um So there's going to be holes. And in terms of the farm system right now, um, you know, I I don't really think like I'll look real quick, but I don't really think they've got any glaring like top prospects that are kind of here to to save this franchise. I mean, their top prospect is a guy I've never heard of. So that's not a good sign. Ricky Fiedman, um, a lefty. Um, But yeah, like this team is kind of in a weird spot right now um, to where, I don't want to say rebuild because you've got a lot of good young talent still, but kind of, kind of where you're headed. Um, you've put a lot of investment into this core and it hasn't worked. And at some point you got to pull, you got to pull trigger and, and move on. And, you know, I think they're kind of approaching that, especially in a division right now with the Baltimore Orioles and the Tampa Bay Rays who are just constantly churning out young talent. And then the other two teams in that division are the Red Sox and the Yankees, two of the teams. We're always going to have the highest payroll and always going to be Two teams competing, so it's a really tough division. Um, be really interesting to see what the Blue Jays do because, uh, yeah, like we said, like right now, that farm system's not where it needs to be, and uh, the major league team is not performing to the level that it should be. So, yeah. No. Um, so moving along, Carlos Correa versus the Astros in the playoffs. Love the storyline there. Um, you hear the Minnesota fans chanting, "You know, we want Houston. We want Houston." Seems like that never ends up well. But do you think this could be different, Deb? Do you think the Twins fans they they got faith? Do you think they can get it done against Houston? No. Uh
1: <laughs> no. um I yeah, I mean, I think the the main reason is, you know, you're gonna look at the only chance the twins really had was to get great starting pitching performances in at least three games. And that's going to be hard to do when you probably don't have your aces for the first two games of this series. So it's like that almost instantly seems like you're going to go down 2-0 or it's going to be really hard to avoid going down 2-0. And then you've got to win three straight games against this Astros team whose offense is killer. And I mean, yeah, I mean... You just go down the line with the Astros team. I mean, Altuve, once he got healthy, was just killing it. Alvarez, we know who he is. I mean, Tucker, same thing. And then you've got guys down the lineup, like um McCormick's had a really good year. Like, they just have guys, like, throughout the lineup that the Twins don't have. So, I I just, I'd love to see an upset. I'd love to see a competitive series. Um, But I, I just, I don't see it going more than, you know, maybe four.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. I mean, I kind of spoiled my pick, but yeah, I think the Astros are going to win the series. Um, it could be a sweep. Honestly, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, I think this Houston team probably isn't as good as they were last year. Their starting pitching is a little banged up. Uh, Christian Javier didn't really have a great season. Um, you know, their fourth starter is kind of a little unclear, but I do think Framber Valdez Valdez, one of the best pitchers in baseball, Justin Berlander. I mean, he, he was, a down year for him concerning how he pitched last year um but you know he's still an ace um and just that lineup is just deadly I mean Altuve, Bregman, Jordan, Kyle Tucker, Pena um you know I, I think Brantley's healthy like the names are just it's just Jose Abreu they brought in he didn't really play well but he had you know the only thing I remember from him this season was that grand slam against Scherzer and that big game against Texas. So, um, the lineup is just so good. And the bullpen's pretty good too. And just the experience. I mean, this is the they just have all been there. They've done I mean, they did it last year and they pretty much ran back the same exact team. So, um, there's no reason to believe the Astros aren't gonna win the series, and really there's no reason to believe that they're not gonna go back to the World Series. Just out a pure experience, and I think their team is is as talented as any but um yeah, I'll leave it at that with them.
2: Yeah,
1: Sorry. I mean, yeah, no, I, I think you put it really well. I mean, this is just a loaded Astros team, so, yeah, I mean, good, good luck to the Twins. Congrats. That's obviously like a huge thing. Yeah. Like, you don't, like you, that doesn't, that doesn't mean nothing. I won't, I will say that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't give them a huge chance, like we said.
0: But anything's possible. Maybe it's the Twins' year, so uh, we'll see. But uh, moving on to the next series, D-backs at Brewers. um, And once again, kind of another team where it's the same old story. Brewers, um, another small market team built on their pitching. And uh, obviously, Brandon Woodruff going down with the shoulder injury beforehand. So he wasn't available. And Corbin Burns didn't pitch good. um, And Corbin Carroll did play good, though. So that was the difference in this one. Uh, Fun young team the Diamondbacks are, obviously. Um, you know, they're gonna be going an interdivision matchup against the Dodgers, which should be fun. But kind of your thoughts on this series and uh, you know, Milwaukee, they do the best they can with the, the payroll and whatnot. I mean, they might even have to make some tougher decisions. Some of their guys are, you know, Corbin Burns headed to arbitration, he's gonna get a huge, huge, you know, amount of money. Maybe they trade him. Willie Adam kind of the same deal. So I mean, your thoughts on uh on this series and kind of the state of the brewers.
1: Yeah, I mean, the Brewers seem to have a similar ending to their season, almost regardless you know, exactly what happens. Um, You know, like you said, with the small market and, you know, going into the future, it just, it's just hard to keep a core together when you, you know, you can kind of catch lightning in a bottle sometimes, but then you really can't capture it unless you can pay everyone. They're not going to be able to do that. So, you know, I think these are just kind of two teams going in different directions, you know, like the Diamondbacks, they're young. They've got the hitters. They've, you know, they've got a couple of really good starting pitchers. Like there's no reason to believe that that this won't be a good team to, you know, compete for the next few years. But again, with the Brewers, it's just like, they are just a few bats shorts, like Yelich is kind of like they're like carrying them and he has had a really, really like resurgent year, but he can't do everything. And then, outside of him it's kind of just like Contreras and like some like I mean Freelick is you know definitely got potential for sure but like he's just gotten into the league and they were like relying on him in the middle of that in that lineup so it's like just not a bunch of huge trusted known good MLB hitters you know that they had to go to and it's not going to get any easier for them like you said so they have another. They have a tough offseason coming up, just like the Blue Jays, like we talked about. It could be even tougher. Um, yeah, I mean, what are your what are your thoughts on the Diamondbacks? You give them a chance against the Dodgers? I th- I think that's like this is probably I don't know. I would say it's maybe a the most interesting series besides the Braves one. I I don't know. I think the Dodgers.
0: I think out Rangers Orioles is up there. These are yeah.
1: It's a, it's... I'm excited, but. The, the Dodgers starting pitching does scare me a little bit. I'll let you go. But yeah.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I think, uh, you know, the Dodgers are in a very interesting spot, too, because obviously, you know, Julio Urias, um, you know, not with the team anymore. Um, they had some injuries. Obviously, you know, Dustin May went down, Tony Gonslin went down. So I believe, you know, right now it's what Kershaw and then uh, maybe. Who'd you say it cut out? I think little Bobby little. Miller has been all right. Two? I wow.
2: think maybe the two. I might be wrong. Or no, maybe Lance Oh,
0: yeah. oh they do have Lance Lynn. Um, well, here's a quote. David Roberts won't be using traditional starters in the postseason, I guess. Uh, so Kershaw, Bobby Miller, Lance Lynn. Wow, that is – yeah, that's rough. Um, the Dodgers are interesting, yeah. I mean, they typical Dodgers fashion, they find a way to win, you know, a gazillion games, win the division. Um, and frankly, I mean, this team, you know, look at their – you know, Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts, two of the five best players probably in, in the sport. Um but yeah that pitching is a little scary. Their bullpen's a little scary too. Um you know I do think they get it done against the D backs just because I think they're the Dodgers, they find a way, but also, you know, they haven't had the best, best playoff history. Um you know the Diamondbacks will have Merrill Kelly going in game one, which is big for them because you know they started that the guy who uh I forget his name, it's like Brandon Pift or something like that. Uh,
1: it sounds like fat or something. I, fat, I yeah, something.
0: <laughs> um, and he, I mean, he survived. He got the job done. But yeah, the rotation for the D backs is really a two man machine, and then uh, you know a big drop off. But you know, both these rotations right now are pretty banged up. So you know, the D backs are coming in with a better rotation. Um, you know, lineup wise, they've got some guys. Obviously, the D backs. You know, Corbin Carroll leading the way. Kattel Marte still a solid player. Christian Walker. Tommy Pham uh, had a really good year. Um but I don't know, man. Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman. I just think, you know, and they've got Will Smith and JD Martinez, all those veterans. I just think they'll ultimately get it done. I think it will be a good series. Um, it could go to five games, honestly. I could very well see that. Um, but I will give it to the Dodgers. But you know, for the D backs, you know, no matter what happens, hugely successful season. I mean, no one really saw this team making a run in the playoffs and and look at where they are now. I mean, Corbin Carroll's turned into you know, the best, one of the best young players, one of the best players in the game. And, uh, you know, Zach Gallen leading the way in that rotation. So really fun team, uh we'll bright future ahead, regardless what happens. But for me, at least, I just think Dodgers kind of got that experience and just, you know, that star power at the top of their lineup that will pave the way in this series.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think that's probably the big like swing factor here is our is. Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts are they going to be just you know way better than everyone else are they going to be the two best players on the field and obviously there's a bunch of other stars that we've talked about in this series but that just kind of goes to show you know how talented this Dodgers team is and and the Diamondbacks have quite a good lineup but it's just like they don't you know you don't have two of the like you said two of the top five players in the world probably I mean just such complete players um and then you go down the lineup and it's it's still very talented as well um you know they've seemed to they've had some injuries like martinez has missed a lot of time but i think he's kind of back and healthy that's a good sign for them so the dodgers seem to disappoint every year um and we kind of talked about how we think the winner of the other series will be moving on but i i will go with the dodgers here tentatively
0: yeah should be a good series um yeah the playoffs are in a good spot i mean the wild card series definitely not very exciting. I saw some stat that, I mean, they were all sweeps. And I think since last year when they implemented this, that the only series that wasn't a sweep was that Mets Padres series last year. Um, so maybe it hasn't been the best. I mean, I like the format. It gives more teams a shot. Um, but I think those one game wild cards were pretty, just the intensity of like yeah. one, one game defines it all is pretty, pretty tough to beat. But I mean, look, we may have a year next to where there's four killer wildcard series. So, I uh, I'm, a, I'm a fan of it, for sure. I'm not against it. But, um, you know, I think that will do it for the MLB for this week. Obviously, we'll be talking about everything as as it progresses. You know, Dev might be, I guess, depending on when we film, the Phillies could be eliminated. They could be moving on to the NLCS. It could be, you know, 1-1, 2-1, who knows. So um should be super exciting. But we're going to pivot on to the NFL um, week five. So start to have some teams on by. I think there's four of them, I believe. Uh, Chargers, Buccaneers,
1: Browns.
0: Browns are on by as well. And then there's, what's the other one?
2: Um, oh, who else is on by? Who else is on by? Mm, I can just check
1: real quick. Um,
0: yeah, now I'm just like, now I just.
1: now yeah, um, now
0: I'm curious. Uh, The Seahawks. The Seahawks are on by. Okay, interesting. Um, so not as many games to predict this week, but maybe that means we'll go perfect. Um, LeBron did pretty good last week. I think most of the games are like not an upset. So I'd actually be curious to see how we did because I'm, I'm sure we, uh, we probably did pretty good since there weren't too many upsets last week. Um, so maybe I'll have to watch the tape back, but, uh, we're going to kick things off with a game that kicks off in about an hour. Um, so this game will already be final whenever you end up watching this, but Bears commanders, um, You know, both these teams played really well last week. Sam Howell bounced back game against the Eagles. Justin Fields, really good performance against Denver, threw for over 300 yards, four touchdowns. Um, The Bears right now, they would hold the the first two picks um, in the NFL draft, which, you know, really good spot for their their franchise. Obviously, it seems like Justin Fields probably in his last season is kind of being the guy in Chicago, the way things are going, uh, unless something drastically changes. But uh, what are your thoughts on this one? you know, really big game for both these teams, obviously Washington two and two. So, you know, still in the playoff line.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, like the bears, there's just like so much to talk about. I mean, like, like you said, with the first and second pick as of right now, and like like that probably looks like fields would maybe be out, but then fields played great last week until he yeah. didn't. And then the defense collapsed. So there is a lot to talk about. And, you know, part of it is we just need more of the season to go along to figure out what's going to happen here. But, um. Yeah, I think this probably is going to be a pretty good game. I yeah. think the commanders a weird
2: is, good game. Yeah, a weird
1: good game that like yeah just yeah they kind of aren't either team is really good. But they both kind of bring out the best in each other in a weird yeah. way. Um, you know Sam Howell looked pretty good last week against I guess a pretty depleted Eagles defense, but still did look pretty good. Um. You know and obviously, after a really, really tough week in Buffalo, so you know, big bounce back for him. So, I think the commanders get it done. You know, this is a big game for them, but the Bears obviously, the panic button has already been smashed here. But, oh, and five <laughs> like, are we firing Eberfluss? You know, yeah. it's whole safe after this year. So, obviously, even if their season is cooked in your eyes, which it is in anyone's eyes, probably, um, you know. It's important to try to get some semblance of hope, um, and continuity going um into next season for them. And and yeah, like the commanders, like the NFC's open, like they can they can make the playoffs. Like yeah. the Giants have been disappointing. I mean, obviously it looks like the Eagles and the Cowboys are probably both gonna make it, but it's like what other divisions gonna definitely have two wild card teams? Like
2: yeah.
1: it probably could- the West. Probably the less. West, but then even yeah. then, it could, yeah. So the could be it
0: could two be the North, West, yeah,
1: yeah. So obviously too early to get into like speculating all of that, but I'm just saying, you know, it's possible, and there is a lot of talent, especially on the defensive side of the ball, where like they haven't even reached their ceiling yet. You know, Chase Young's just getting back and healthy, and like he's he's looked great so far, but like they haven't really like a, they haven't gotten to the point where it's like okay, now we know what this defense is with Chase Young. And we don't yeah. even know who Howell is. And he's, that's a big range of outcomes as well. So it's like where they are now isn't in a bad spot. And it looks like there's some upside to even be in a, a better spot. So, you know, almost a, a moral victory. That's been a big, you know, talking point this week with the Jets. Um, But definitely <laughs> the case um, for the commanders as well, in my eyes. Um, You know, things looking pretty bright for them. Uh, what's, what are your thoughts on this game?
0: I don't it's I just got a gut feeling that the Bears win it, but it's like I almost see like no way. I think their coach needs to be fired. I think he is pretty clueless with what he's doing. Um, you know, he's I think the one running the defense or is you know, he's a defensive yeah. coach. Um their defense sucks. I mean, they're it's it's abysmal. And I'm not fully blaming him. I mean, they don't really have the talent. Um but I don't know. It just seems like this guy's just not kind of cut out to be a head coach. Like he's just they haven't really won much there at, at all. And it just seems like a disconnect. And it, this organization just as a whole is, is obviously a dumpster fire. I right know they probably just need to clear house. And that might even, like you said, start with Ryan Poles as well. Um, for, especially if you got like the top two picks, like that is a franchise altering reset um, that, especially with Caleb Williams coming out um, and how good people think he's going to be like, you got to have the right people in charge. So um, I'd be, I think unless something drastic happens, Eberflus is going to get fired. I I think they might stick with him to the end of the season, but he'll get fired at the end of the year. Um, But that's not important in this game. Um, I will go with the bears as just like a gut kind of pick. Justin Fields, he played really well last week. They still just – I don't get why they don't let him loose as a runner, though. I mean, we saw him run for a 1,000 yards last year, and he had four carries last week. Like, sure, maybe I'm saying this because I have him in my one of my fantasy football leagues, but at the same time, it's like that's what this guy was good for. Obviously, last week, super encouraging as a passer. Like, completed 80% of his passes. But, like, at the same time, you got to use what this guy showed you last year because that's what made him so special. It's what made Bears fans really catch on to the hope with him. And it's just been, like, gone. And I get the O-line stuck, so it's a little tough. But um, I don't know, man. I'm just frustrated because I wish we were seeing more of Justin Fields use his legs. Really encouraging side as his passer. Um, Washington, I don't know. I just kind of think they're just like, eh. Like like you said, like they might squeak their way in the playoffs in the NFC. I don't really think Sam Powell is that good. So I think, you know, this is a shot for the Bears to, to kind of get a game. But, um, you know, that was a bad loss last week. Really bad, you know collapse i mean they were cruising along looked like an easy win and then they let russ cook man so uh but i don't know kind of just a weird gut gut prediction that the bears win this one not much reasoning behind it but very encouraging from fields last week i mean he knows at this point that he's playing for his job and you know hopefully i mean so was eberflus at some point you got to be like uh you know tell the offensive coordinator i forget his name i think is it luke gentry or something like that i think so
2: jetsy, yeah
0: jetsy luke. yeah something like that um but at some point, you gotta be like, "All right, like, let him loose, like, because yeah. he's playing for his career. We're playing for our career. Like, put the body on the line at the end yeah. of the day." Um, but yeah, um, if you got anything else to say, you can it, and otherwise, we can move yeah, along. Just quickly
1: on the running thing, like, I mean, like, I get a little frustrated, like, when Jalen Hurts is sliding after you know a five-yard pickup. But it's like, this is completely different because Hurts has oh, yeah. shown he can pass the ball. Yeah. He's- you know, shown he can win you games, shown he can take a team to the Super Bowl. And then you're, you start to implement this. Okay, let's make sure you don't get hurt on a first and 10 run for five yards instead of three yards. Like, absolutely, all for that. But this is his biggest strength. I mean, he was probably the most, like, had the most highlight plays of anyone last year. Just forget, forget quarterbacks, like, of any runner. You know, I mean, he just had all these dynamic runs and they're just not even using it. It's just... You're not even giving him a chance, and it's it's frustrating. I hope I hope that changes. I I still have some some level of hope in Fields just from what we saw, at least as a runner, um. But yeah, um, let's yeah. I do
0: too. I'm a Justin Fields guy. It sucks to see this happen to him. I think uh, you know, I think Mike Greenberg was talking about it too on Get Up. I think you know this organization has just failed him too. I mean, they have. He's been put in a terrible situation. Like if this guy was like, if they if the freaking Niners took this guy. Yep. Oh my god imagine that offense with Justin Fields like I mean Brock Purdy's the guy like I'm not gonna hate on Brock Purdy like it worked out for them but like I mean I guess look Trey Lance was supposed to kind of be like that and didn't really work out so maybe Justin Fields would have just been bad either way but you got to think of the way the Niners develop guys that you know Justin Fields would have had a lot of success there but we'll never know um, alright moving Jags are are back to back in London pretty crazy Um <laughs> I can't believe they did that to him. Jags against the Bills. Um, yeah, I think the Bills are going to win this game. Um, I'll just get right into it. Um, you know, Josh Allen, big week last week. Like, they're starting to take form. Now we're seeing the media kind of get the Bills narrative back spinning. Super oh. Bowl favorites again. Yeah. It's like the same old – I mean, it's a, It's like the propaganda. It's like crazy. It's like they're injecting it in your brains. Um Trey White goes down with a torn Achilles. So it's like, it's all this stuff. I mean, it's it's the same old Bills at the end of the day still to me until they prove me otherwise. Like, I don't think this team's going to get it done in the playoffs. You just lost your best defensive player, unfortunately, for the season. I, I just, I don't know. I think they, I mean, they had a big win. Don't get me wrong. The s- stone cold Stefan Diggs was pretty sick. Um, but I don't know, man. I, I just don't know if this team is, uh, is you know, that maybe Von Miller's playing this week, though, so that'll be a big boost. I don't know. I'm just sick of I think I'm just sick of this Bill's like narrative that's just been for the last two years. But they will win this game. Um you know, the Jaguars went out. They beat a bad Falcons team last week. Um, but offensively they still have not looked good. Like Trevor Lawrence. Um let me try to pull up the stats. I mean, he he still only had 270 yards passing, and one touchdown. Like he really has not been that good this year. It's been a you know, a step back for him. The weapons are there. I mean, Christian Kirk's playing really well, Calvin Ridley. Evan Ingram's been good again. ETN, like, this offense should be really, really good. And for whatever reason, just has not clicked so far this year. They haven't been very explosive. So maybe that changes, but I do think the Bills are the better team. Josh Allen doing a much better job after uh, the abysmal week one performance against the Jets.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, I I think the Bills – you know, I, I always, I, I love to be where people aren't on the bills because it seems like sometimes people are too low on them. And then that seems like, feels like that's where we've been for the last couple of weeks. And then obviously they get a big win and now everyone's sort of anointing them as the best team in the NFL. And I'm like, guys, relax. Yeah. Look, this, this isn't a defense that's ever been good in the playoffs. That, that's just, that's just the reality of it. And we can talk about Josh Allen and we can talk about how he can lose you games. And there's no doubt in my mind that if he's on, he's on his a game for four straight games, he can go and win you a super bowl. But
2: mm-hmm.
1: I I just, you're right. We haven't seen it and maybe we will. Um, It almost, you know, it feels like this is kind of who, you know, if the NFL were scripted, which it's not, but if it were, it kind of seems like this would be, the kind of the NFL's team that the media really loves and obviously with the whole Hamlin situation and you know it just doesn't game winning
0: pick six for the Super Bowl <laughs> exactly. Demar Hamlin. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I mean
1: it just feels like a little bit premature, but you know, I think I, I mean I think I think they win this game. I do think they win this game. I think the Jags have also been a little a little bit frustrating. Um them it's more so with the coaching, I would say. Like, I mm-hmm. just like where where the why did Calvin Ridley get like three targets against the the Falcons? I mean, like, why? You know, I mean, they won that game, so it doesn't matter. But you know, I just don't get why they're not able to just go and put up three hundred yards passing and in, in three quarters and just say this is our game. I mean, like, yep.
2: you,
1: know, you know, you have Terrell, you have Bates for the Falcons, but they just can't compete. That you know, there's just too many guys and Lawrence and. There just should be too much for this Jags offense, and it's just not good enough right now. Um, and we've seen this build defense play play really well uh, since McDermott has taken over as the defensive yep. coordinator. And, you know, I think that's going to be hard to replicate, you know, without Trey White. Um, getting Von Miller back could help, but he's 34 and coming off of an ACL tear. So it's, it's almost like he's your – you know, if he's not a true number one edge rusher, your defense isn't going to be good enough, but he's 34 and coming off torn ACL. So there are a lot of long-term or this season question marks with the bills still that people are, you know, seeming to forget that they were, you know, so wildly talking about a few weeks ago, but I will take the bills in this one, probably, probably pretty close high scoring game. This is what I said about the Chiefs-Jaguars game, and then we got burned, so... (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) We shall see, for sure. A bit of a boring one. Saints at Patriots. Um, You know, both these teams kind of suck. New England has looked really bad. They got blown out last week at Dallas. It just seems like... Mac Jones, I mean, it's kind of like what what we've been seeing, what we've been saying. Like, this guy's just... He's not even mid at this point. Like, he's just bad. Like, he's not good. He's not an NFL quarterback um, or a franchise quarterback. Maybe he could be a backup. Um, Vermondre has not looked good at all. Um, They really don't have the receivers defensively. Christian Gonzalez after the year, now they traded for JC Jackson this past week. So just seems like a mess. And now, you know, Belichick's legacy is getting called into question by a lot of, you know, media out there, which is interesting. And on the flip side, obviously the Saints, um, you know, Derek Carr has just been terrible this offense not scoring touchdowns. Kamara came back and had probably the craziest reception stat line I've ever seen in my life. 13 for 33, I think (laughs) pretty wild. um, But it looks like Alvin Kamara is back. He might lead the NFL in receptions at that rate. Um, (laughs) But yeah, a kind of a battle of, uh, of two bad teams. What do you think though?
1: Yeah. I mean, like I'm leaning towards the Patriots just because, like, I don't see the Patriots winning like five or six games this year. Like, they probably win more like seven or eight. Like, yeah, that just makes more sense in my head. Um, and they always do seem to kind of start slow and then everyone calls in to question Belichick and then they get rolling. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's not this isn't the most exciting matchup. Like, Witherspoon's like maybe been the best player for the Patriots this year, and it's certainly like, you know the most exciting part of this year for them and he's out for the year he traded for Gonzalez Jason. you mean who did I say did I say witherspoon said
0: witherspoon yeah um <laughs> oh, I'm sorry about that I was I... like is there a witherspoon I'm forgetting on New England? <laughs> I was like seeing where you went with it I was like oh no <laughs>
1: <laughs> no I met Gonzalez I'm sorry about that um you yeah, know but he's been like really he was really good and now it's like that's yeah. a huge blow and then Judon's out for a while so it's like this defense which has kind of kept them in games as much as they can is is now going to be depleted. And like you said, with Mac Jones, it's just like, it's just not, I mean, I defended him at least to the extent of he had Matt Patricia calling plays for him last year, but now it, it doesn't look like that's, that was the only thing wrong. Um, It, it looks like there is a Mac Jones problem and you know, this offense has no right to be great, but they have starting caliber players. Like they have starting caliber receivers. Like, I, I mean, Again, it's not great, but Devontae Parker, Kendrick Bourne, like these are guys who can, you know, lead a competent NFL offense. And, like, you know, for them to just be this bad and, like, be this many turnovers, like, you almost wonder, it's like, is it time to move on from Mac Jones, which is a whole other discussion. It's like, would Belichick do that? So I I, this this is going to be an interesting next few weeks for the Patriots just to see if this season's, like, completely lost or only sort of lost. Um, Yeah. And then, you know, just to see what Mac Jones' season looks like.
0: Yeah, I mean, Mac Jones, uh, you know, third year now in the NFL, I think. Um, I don't know, man. Yeah, with this quarterback class, I mean, it depends how New England finishes. Like, if they finish,ing they can land, like, one of these top quarterbacks, like, you got to do it at the end of the day. Um, Same with, like, other teams, like the Steelers, I think, are in a similar spot where I think you got to pull the trigger the bears are probably going to be in that spot they're going to just you kind of sometimes it's just about resetting too like with the financials um you know especially with the way the quarterback market is now and just people are getting paid like the the chance to reset instead of paying your guy you know i mean mac jones isn't going to be a 60 million dollar guy don't get me wrong but like you know even 25 30 million like it just saves you so much money to to have that rookie contract and reset so i think a lot of these teams are are going to you know especially start considering if like you know they're on the margin just like Resetting is not a bad idea, um, especially, you know, there's a lot of talent in this quarterback class. A lot of guys who, you know, have that potential, I think, to, to be real solid NFL quarterbacks. But regardless, focusing on the game, um, I will pick – it's not in New England, so I'll go with New England. Um, I don't think Derek Carr goes there and beats Belichick. And, you know, this is a big week for the Patriots, and this is just kind of a week that you feel like they'll get the job done. So I'll kind of leave it at that. Um, we've kind of talked a lot about that. Um Moving along, Titans-Colts. Uh, big storyline of this game is going to be if Jonathan Taylor plays or not. He's returned to practice off the pup list. Um, was a full participant, spoke to the media today. Didn't really talk about anything contractual. Um, I, was watching, I watched the presser, and this man is like, he's a, a PR-trained machine. Anytime they would ask oh, him about anything contract or anything, he's like, I'm just happy to be healthy, you know, working to get 100% healthy. That's been the goal all along. Like, I think he said that a 100 times. So it was honestly funny to watch that. laughing at the end because it was the same old answer. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, I think the, the prospect of him and Anthony Richardson playing together was really fun for this Colts team. Obviously, the Titans coming off a big win against uh, the Bengals, who we'll talk about in a little bit here. Um, but, you know, the Titans kind of the, just – the classic Mike Ravel team. It's like the New, Eng- New England South is pretty much what the Titans are. Just like gritty, um, you know, Derrick Henry obviously still there. Um, what are you thinking?
1: Yeah, um, I think I'll go with the Titans here. Um, but when I talk about these teams, it's going to sound like that's the other way around because <laughs> I'm, I'm really optimistic about this Colts team and their future, and I'm really – I guess I'm, I wouldn't even say I'm pessimistic about this Titans team, but we know who they are and yeah. we know that their ceiling is capped at maybe making the playoffs. And if they get the right matchup, they could, I guess, win one game. I mean, that's really where this absolutely caps out for them. Um, But, you know, their defense is, is really stout and will probably be the toughest test for, you know, Richardson this thus far in his career. But, you know, like you said, if, if Taylor plays, that's, you know, just a great backfield that, you know, with the read option and all sorts of cool stuff that Syken's gonna be able to come up with. And the playmakers have looked good. This line looks pretty rejuvenated, at least much better than it did last year. Um, so I'm really excited for like just to keep watching this Colts team. It seems like Richardson's getting better every week. He makes a cool, really cool play. Like every week, Downs looks like a like a player in the slot. Yeah. Um, so I- I'm excited keep watching this Colts team progress I think you know we're seeing the Eagles miss St. Shane Steichen it's really hard to say that
0: <laughs> a little tongue twister
1: yeah a little tongue twister but like just yeah I, I, good vibes for the Colts moving forward
0: yeah I'm gonna go with the Colts um I think regardless of if JT plays or not I mean Zach Moss has shown to be a capable back capable back um in the time that JT's missed but I mean if you get JT back there Obviously, last year, Dinko was playing the year before, though. He was the leading rusher in the NFL and, and uh, you know, number one fantasy player. Like, JT is a, an interesting case. I think he's got a chip on his shoulder, kind of, you know, he's fighting for that contract at this point. If he goes out and has a bad year, he's shooting himself in the foot, basically, with that contract extension. So, I think he knows that. He knows, you know, it doesn't seem like he probably, I mean, look, money talks. So, I think that relationship can be fixed. Um, but I think, you know, seeing him with Richardson would be really fun. I feel like they'll ultimately, like, I mean, if he's been active back-to-back days, I would imagine he plays. Maybe he's on, like, a snap count, not fully. Um, But I'd imagine they want to get him in there, but I don't know. Um, I will pick the Colts, though, regardless. Like you said, Richardson, been really electric um, thus far. Um, They had a really good game against the Rams last week. I mean, they went to OT with the Rams, who uh, have been playing well. So, I think this Colts team is actually pretty solid. Uh, It seems like Richardson is going to provide some stability, hopefully, long-term at the quarterback position for them, which they – very desperately need since the retirement of Andrew Luck. Um yeah, I mean you touched on the Titans, like they're just mediocre at the end of the day. Like, I don't know. I I Brian Tannehill is, he's so washed up at this point, but just finds a way to get his wins in. So props to him. Um moving along, AFC North matchup, Ravens at Steelers. Uh Pittsburgh blown out by Houston last week. They're now I guess they're two and two. I thought they were one and two. But they beat the Raiders. They beat the Browns. So, such a weird team. Um, just all offensively, I mean, this Kenny Pickett, not very good. Um, Najee had actually a good game, but he's been kind of phased out. Receiver room is pretty terrible. I mean, Pittsburgh offense is not good. Um, I'll, I'll go real quick. I'm going to pick the Ravens. I mean, the way the Ravens have looked these last few weeks, Lamar is playing great, running the ball real well. Mark Andrews is there. Um, you know, I'm not sure if Odell is back this week. Not that it really matters. Zay Flowers wow. has been solid. Um, but this offense kind of just, it's kind of the same old. I mean, they signed all these guys. I mean, Zay Flowers is obviously good, but they still don't really have that true, you know, star receiver. I feel like this receiver core was hyped up a little bit, and it's kind of just like, eh, eh, once again. Um, but they just find ways to win. Defense plays hard, and I think this Pittsburgh offense is, is abysmal. So I'm going to go with the Ravens.
1: Yeah, I don't know why, but I just get a weird feeling that the Steelers are winning this football game. I mean, there's there is nothing they showed last week, and you know, credit to the Texans, and we will talk about them later, and they will get their props, but um I mean that was just a, a pit of I mean they just got blown out by one of the <laughs> bottom three rosters in the NFL. But yeah. I mean, and there's so much that I'm mad about. I mean, Matt Canada is just like, like, it's like 2009. And it's like these <laughs> uninspired, like, you know, little screen passes. And that's what he thinks is going to bring like innovation and juice. to the <laughs> And, and it's not like they have, you know, these world beaters that can go and just, you know, make plays, you know, so well. And so often that, that the coaching doesn't matter. It's like both things are kind of hurting each other. This offense is a mess. So, you know, and like you said Lamar's looked really good even even though they don't have a true like established star receiver um so this is going to have to be a game where the Steelers defense plays great and you know I just I just have a feeling that they're going to you know be able to do something and and get get to Lamar make a few plays um you know something like that and just find a way to win this game after a pretty embarrassing loss last week
0: yeah, very fair. I mean, at Pittsburgh, never an easy place to play with those terrible towels, especially interdivision division matchups. So uh, very well could see Pittsburgh winning this one. Uh, moving on, Panthers at Lions. Panthers 0-4. Um, you know, Bryce Young, they don't really have the talent on offense right now. 33-year-old Adam Thielen leading the way uh, with the targets and receptions and whatnot. Um, Lions coming off a big win against, oh, I forget they played the Packers on Thursday night, Dave Montgomery, huge game. Amon Ra has been out the last two practices. So some of the monitor with him, Um, but regardless, I think the Lions will win this game. Just that rushing attack, I think would even be enough to win this game against Carolina who really not a good roster right now. I mean, they're banked up on, you know, the defensive side of the ball, but just, you know, a rebuilding team, Bryce young, you know, this team also that doesn't own their first round pick next year. I mean, they, they gave everything for Bryce young and uh, you know, he's looked all right. Um, You know, it's kind of like, he almost can't do too much. Uh, But at the same time, we've seen what CJ Stroud's done with the, you know, arguably, you know, I guess the offense is, he's probably got more weapons strad um, than we imagined, but um, I don't know. The Lions are a a solid team. They play hard, nose football, run the ball. Well, Um, Jared Goff's pretty good. So yeah, I'll give them the win.
1: Yeah. um, I, I mean, these are just this, this is such a coaching matters matchup to me because you look at two teams and you know, obviously Bryce Young is is more talented than Goff. Um, you know, we know his upside is is higher than what Goff is right now. There's no questioning that. But outside of that, these are teams, it's like they're leading, you know, receivers, kind of like a slot chain mover type. And obviously Amon Ra is better than Thielen, don't get me wrong. But it's a <laughs> similar type vibe, you know, and yeah also teams that have invested heavily in their offensive lines but it's like the Lions offensive line is really good and the Panthers is really bad that's a big difference um and it just seems like they you know the Lions have found a way to to maximize almost every position group they're well coached on defense they're well coached on offense it seems like every position group is like rotating well and you know they have good depth and you know they go for it in all the right spots it seems like and like it took them a few years, like it. It feels like so long ago that they couldn't find a way to win a game, and it's like now they've gotten better and they've learned how to win the close games. It's like, yeah. so you know, I was almost. I wouldn't even say I was a Lions doubter going into the year, but I was a little skeptical on the upside, and and I still am skeptical about their first round draft picks. You know, it it seems like Gibbs is like they're still haven't quite found a way to use him yet. Um, which is a little frustrating. Lee Montgomery's
0: getting the bell cow.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, but just, yeah, you know, it just, in terms of, you know, not, we're just forget the fantasy for a little bit. It, it has yeah. been working on offense. Um, it is frustrating. You know, it feels like this offense could be more explosive if they find a way to use Gibbs the right way. Get Jameson Williams back who could add like a vertical yeah. threat to the offense. Um, and really like with Goss ball, which is like really good, I would say, I mean, mm-hmm. that's where this offense could become like, okay, this is a top five to 10 offense with how how many different things they can do um i'm gonna go with the lions here and it it looks like they're gonna it look like you know what they're gonna win the division and probably compete to win a, a playoff game like this is this has been a really good start to the i was really impressed by their performance against packers
0: yeah absolutely um all right moving along texans at falcons uh like you mentioned the texans cj stroud been the best rookie quarterback um, you know, I'd say arguably the best rookie, but, you know, Puga Niku has been right up there. I mean, both of them yep. have been balling. Um, but C.J. Stroud, so impressive so far, hasn't thrown an interception yet. I think he's at like twelve hundred passing yards or something like that, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he's been balling, man. Nico Collins, Tank Dell, leaving the way. Damian Pierce, you know, hasn't really played well, but you hope that maybe he gets it going. They've got cool uniforms. I mean, the red unis they were rocking last week. I was I was loving uh, they take on at the Falcons at Atlanta. Um, What are your thoughts on this one?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think there was anything I was more wrong about going into the year that I think I might have said, I was like, there's no way Desmond Ritter is a bad starting quarterback. And
2: Desmond Ritter is a
1: bad starting quarterback. So I was definitely wrong about that. Um, So, yeah, I mean, wow. And I was also wrong about Stroud. I mean, he's just been so impressive. It just feels like you know he's just like carrying this offense in a way that you you almost never see from a rookie quarterback it's like like I think Nico Collins is a really good player like he's he's shown that like I think he's really got that T Higgins Mike Williams type skill set that's like hard to find but you know those guys when you see him and Tank Dell looks like another another solid guy but it's like these these were both mid-round picks that haven't proven anything so far and this offensive line is horrible. They can't run the ball because their line is so banged up, but it's like somehow they're finding a way to move the ball through the air and they just beat the freaking Steelers. Like 30 to I mean, six. 30 to six. I mean, it's so impressive. The defense is like, I'm so confident that the defense is going to get there with D'Amico Ryans. They shouldn't yeah. have completed their first-round pick away this year. It was still dumb, but maybe they maybe they knew. I I don't know. I, I'm done doubting what this Texans team can do. I'm taking the Texans on the road. I don't, I just, I just, Stroud looks just like he's like the best player on the field in this, in this game. And I just like, he's just been so good. I it's I can't stop gushing about him, but like, this is, this is, this is kind of what I expected from Bryce Young. I, I won't lie. I mean, if, if there was one quarterback in this draft who was just going to come, come in and have this kind of Andrew Luck, cam newton type he's already really good as a rookie i would have thought it was bryce young but stroud's just so ready and accurate and like the like the stuff we saw in the georgia game like clearly like that's always been in there like like you know there was so much stake in like can he do this like all the time when you know we didn't see him do it all the time when he didn't have to most of the time you know just because of competition it's like yeah he can he can do it so um Things are really looking up for the Texans, and I'm I'm going to take them here.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've always been a a big C.J. Stroud guy. I mean, I've kind of always kind of liked Ohio State watching them. Um, Yeah, I'm going to take the Texans. Um, They're just like C.J. Stroud is just like I was listening to – I don't know who was saying it, but this is like as good as a start as a rookie quarterback has ever had in the NFL. I think the other two guys that I think were mentioned were Cam Newton and Andrew Luck. And the difference was like both those guys had like four or five interceptions with like similar passing yards roughly. Um, I mean, he's just been so impressive, especially like you said, like terrible offensive line, you know, receivers are like guys that, you know, are, is he just making them look good? Are they actually good? I mean, I think they're both pretty solid players, but I don't think they're any like, you know, superstars. So uh, shout out to him. I mean, you hear a lot of good things in the media through him. I mean, I, I saw some report about him having like, dinner, having teammates over to his house yep. for dinner like every night or something like that, like everything you hear about this guy is just good things. And like you said, like the Georgia tape, you know, it's it's interesting because like I always – with Justin Fields, what I always look at with like when he came out of college was like, oh, my God, that Clemson game, like this is why he's a stud. The Georgia game was kind of the same way for CJ Stroud, but it seems like that's actually translating this time. Um, but it's kind of similar. It kind of reminds me a little bit about – you know, I think in that game he just showed he can handle adversity and handle guys going down. Like Martin Harrison went down. You know, obviously they've still got all these five stars, but like guys who haven't really played as much. And, you know, he used his legs a lot in the back end of that Georgia game. And he's just, he just kind of showed that, you know, in the big moment, he can you know do what he has to to get it done, even if, you know, his best guys aren't out there. And I think we're seeing that in the NFL. Um, he looks like he's going to be a star. Like you said, D'Amico Ryans looks like an amazing head coach. I mean, he had a a pretty good interview with the the guys big cat and uh and PFT from part of my cake the other day that I enjoyed so i think houston is in such a good spot organizationally right now they did trade their first round pick obviously like you said which which obviously is uh does suck but i mean we're projecting them to win their third game this week so it may not even matter in that if this team you know if this pick comes out to be like 10 11 12 or 8 through 12 or something like that like it probably doesn't probably, matter you don't you know, even everyone was exactly like if will anderson turns out to be the guy then it's worth it all of a sudden so it's like yeah i mean i honestly i don't know how he's been playing i feel like i haven't heard much about him um i
1: i my sense has been he's been like good but not like a game game wrecker
0: yeah he had one sack in the opening game but it hasn't been anything crazy um but that'll come with time i mean they just kind of got to build up the rest of that d line too so he can shine more he might be getting double teams i don't know i haven't really been watching too closely but yeah really fun time for texan fans you know i think cj stroud's the guy and uh domico Ryans, i think is also the guy at head coach so awesome awesome stuff going on in houston um so yeah shout out to them This next one i don't think we really have to spend much time on giants dolphins um i mean i think we're obviously both picking miami here bounce back offensively i mean you know you don't think I could get worse than Denver? Like, this might be the one game where they go for 80. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I really don't know. <laughs> Tyree kills Boston, put up 200 yards. Um, They'll do whatever they want to this Giants team. I mean, I think – I mean, you're going Dolphins, I assume, unless you're yes, – yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, like, let's just talk about Daniel Jones because I think that's a storyline here. Um, 11 sacks last week. I mean, part of it I don't think is his fault. I think this O-line is terrible. Evan Neal, I mean, the comments from the other day were – crazy calling all the fans like hot dog fl- and hamburger flippers i mean oh my god i mean it's not not be doing that he apologized today but it's one of those things where you know it's like the coach Dabo brought him in the locker yeah. it was like you are like <laughs> like um this guy's literally about to get cut i mean he's close to getting cut um gotta hope he turns it around for them but o-line sucks it's banged up Saquon's hurt how much of the blame do you think you can put in Daniel Jones, but at the same time, like, it's just, like, it's just the Daniel Jones It feels like we're kind of used to outside of last year.
1: Yeah, like, I don't even, like, the the worst part is to me that this wasn't even a bad Daniel Jones game. I think the Cowboys game was a bad Daniel Jones game. But when you are so, I mean, just under such duress, I like, I don't even, there were so many, I mean, at least eight of the sacks, I just don't even think you can like blame him for just with how many guys they were, they were coming from so many different angles and just like, so like, so such little time against such a mediocre pass rush. I mean, this has to be the worst position group in the league by so much offensive line. I mean, so, and then it's like, then you get into the Daniel Jones contract and it's like, oh yeah, like this team doesn't have really the money to like be, you know, it'd be one thing if you had this unproven quarterback on a rookie contract, but you don't. And that kind of, you know, makes the margin for error just so much lower here. And they kind of got all the bounces in their direction last year. And they really haven't this year. They might be the worst team in the league. That that's, that's my take right now. And, you know, the defense isn't good, but it's certainly way better than the offense and it's like and like you said like are the Dolphins gonna put up 80 points this week it's like I don't know and and at what point does the defense just stop wanting to even compete when you know every possession is either a turnover or you know two sacks and a punt like I mean I can't say I'm mad about it as an Eagles fan but this is complete like this is just the season it's
0: just. It's just awful. I mean, it's just awful. That Like, the product they're putting out there on offense is just, like, disgusting. And it's like, I just don't get, you trade for Darren Waller, he's making all this money, and they're not even throwing him the ball. And it's like, maybe Darren Waller's just washed up. It's a possibility. He didn't have a great year last year. I mean, I heard about, all about this guy during training camp. Like, he would seem like things were going good with him. It seemed like he was going to have a huge year, and he's been a ghost. And it's like, I don't understand how that's even possible because it's like, I guess it's because Daniel Jones is just getting sacked every play instead yeah. of, you know, being able to throw the ball. But it's like, how is this even possible? Like, who else? There's no better option. Saquon's been hurt, and he's still not getting the ball. He had three catches, and two of those were in, like, the last, like, garbage time drive where the Seahawks are basically, like, doing whatever the F they want out there. It's just, I don't even understand that. The receivers suck, and they just don't address it. I mean, they're running out like Sterling Shepard, who's like, at this point in his career, suffered, like, two torn ACLs or something. I mean, he's, he's been, like – he's just not good. Isaiah Hodgins was, like, a guy they found on waivers that, like, had some juice last year. But he's, like – he's not that good. I mean, it's just, like, Wandale Robinson is, like, you know, maybe he, there's something there. He's Jalen best Hyatt we haven't really seen. Yeah, I mean, he is, he's been their best receiver. But it's just, like – it's just, like you said, it's, like, disgusting. And I feel for – I mean, obviously we have a lot of Giants – friends that are Giants fans, and I do like, I don't feel necessarily terrible for them, because obviously, you know, they made the playoffs last year, and they, you know, some of them got to see those Super Bowls back in the day with Eli, but it's like, the product they're putting on the field right now is disgusting, this team needs to tear down, they frankly, they suck, I mean this is, there's no hope right now with this team, there's no hope with Daniel Jones at quarterback I don't know why, I get why they had to pay him the contract, but it's just like still like, stupid um, but I guess they have to out after next year so I don't know. It's just a disaster. Um, I mean, really, last year, it's like it was a fun year, I'm sure, for them. And, yeah, you won the playoff game. But it's like at the same time, that's probably one of the worst things that could happen to that franchise because now you're set back another four or five years or so. And also, I mean, missing on – appearing to miss on, you know, it seems like Thibodeau and Neil really aren't going to either turn out to be great. Neil looks awful, like one of the worst players in the NFL. Thibodeau, you know, hasn't really done much you know, missing on those two picks is also huge because you had, you know, I think it was five and seven. And it's like, you hit on those two picks, you got two franchise altering. I mean, that was the Sauce Sauce Gardner draft. So they could have picked Garrett Wilson with one of those picks.
1: Sauce, uh, yep.
0: Hutchins, well, sauce was at four. They could have gotten so Oh, oh but, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, um, wrong. Absolutely wrong. But they, but... they could have had Garrett Wilson and they could have had, like, why didn't they take Garrett Wilson there? I, I mean, get why they, what they did, but like,
1: I, I'm I still, know. like, like Thibodeau, like, if, I, if I'm projecting his NFL career, I still think he's just, like, so talented. Like, he will be yeah. good. But, like, Neil, like, like you said, like, is he going to get cut? Like, geez. Like, he's worse than Eric Flowers. Like, I can't he believe push his
0: own team. That. that clip of him blocking or shoving, I think it was Darren Waller. <laughs> or Volandre, maybe. I mean, I've never seen anything like that in the history of the NFL, I don't think. I mean, I mean, it's like there's a, a guy coming at him and he shoves Aaron Waller, who's next to the guy. And then the guy is just like – the guy next to him is like, oh, thank you, and he sacks him. I, I've never seen anything like that in the history of the NFL. It's remarkable. But uh, oh, trashy man. on the Giants is fun. We'll move on, though. Um, Bengals, Cardinals. I mean, what the hell is going on with the Bengals? I mean, this is – Joe I, – I, I, you want to blame the injury, but it's like – I just don't even understand at this point, like one in three, but it's like Burroughs looked like arguably the worst quarterback in the NFL this season. Like it's, there's a very reasonable claim to that. Um, T Higgins has been, you know, banged up left and right. What are your thoughts on the Bengals? I mean, obviously this game against the Cardinals, you know, it, it, they should win this game. Josh Dobbs has kind of been playing well though. I mean, this, this team beat Dallas, so you can't count them out. Um, but what do you think? I mean, just your thoughts on the Bengals in, in this game.
1: Yeah, I mean, I just the only the only explanation I can rationalize in my head is that Burrow is playing hurt, and yeah. I I just you just wonder you wonder where the blame has to be placed because I mean, why is he playing if if he's just if he's the worst? Like obviously, you you know, in a one game scenario, you'd rather have ninety percent Joe Burrow than Jake Browning, but. You can't just continue to watch him go out there and, you know, he just isn't, it's just not Joe Burrow. He's not playing winning football at the the level he is right now. And if he's not hurt, then you've got a world of other problems that I don't even know if we can get into because if (laughs) this is just who Joe Burrow is, then I don't even
0: There's just no way that it is. There's no way. There's just no way.
1: Yeah, no. There's Um, no way. I mean, like right now, it's just like, I'm picking the Cardinals like I'm I'm I don't want to every week say that this is the week that the Bengals figure it out I mean like like you know they have you know they kind of figured it out against the Rams where like they were moving Chase all around and getting it out quickly and like using him it's like they can do that and like maybe they can win against the Cardinals and this defense can you know get back to the level it's been at but like just like I don't I don't know the play calling looks uninspired again and Mixon looks washed again and like all the things that happened at the start of last year are back but it's 10 times worse and you know there's almost no end in sight so I I don't know that you you just you wonder like do you shut down Joe Burrow at some point like do you trade T Higgins on an expiring contract to like you know the Bengals historically just like aren't able to give out that much guaranteed money with how the
2: yeah. system
1: works. And, you know, he's just a hard guy to keep when you already have, you know, you're going to obviously pay chase at some point, you've already played paid Burrow and a lot of the guys on this defense. So it's like, maybe you create a Higgins like that, that could be a move. Like, so I think, you know, it's rare, you see, you know, such a good team have such a bad year and then, you know, there's no major changes. So yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see something happen you know, be it at the trade deadline or in the off season, but this looks like it might be a lost year for the Bengals. Um, really. Yeah. I
0: mean, yeah, sorry for cutting you off, but um, no, no, no. go ahead. uh yeah, it, it's so interesting. Burrow's got to be hurt. I mean, that's just yeah. right. Out. Like he, it's just not, he's like, it's just, I don't see any way that he's not like just how we've seen him evolve the last few years. And just like, I mean, he's only like 25, 26 though. Like there's just no way he's just like, bad now like had a russell wilson level drop off just like that like i just don't believe that um they should have rested him when he got hurt i mean it's just like you're one in three now you're not winning games and he's just going out there and getting hurt so it's like it's just stupid at the end of the day jamar chase is frustrated i mean his interview that was a funny quote he's like i'm open i'm always fucking open i'm like okay jamar i see you um but yeah um I'm going to go with the Bengals in this one. I just think they're the better team. I just refuse to believe that they won't. If they lose this game, then it's like actually the season's over. Um, and, you know, not tear it down, but like you said, like T. Higgins expiring contract, like it seems like, you know, they're not going to be able to pan as it is. So you, maybe you recoup something for him. Um, I mean, it, the the Panthers, I saw some report that they're trying to trade for a number one receiver. So maybe that'd be a fit. Um but it's super interesting what's going on with the Bengals. Um, I mean, it's like the, the, I mean, they, from Super Bowl to AFC championship game to this. And it's like, yeah, I, it, like it just doesn't even make sense. Um, besides the injury, that's the only thing that you could even point to and be like, okay, the O line should be better. I mean, they signed Orlando Brown, they've they done better with the O line. Um, I don't know, but I think the win. I mean, the Cardinals are, they've been feisty, they've proved people wrong, but I just think the Bengals are too good. Um, And that, like, Jamar Chase, if T. Higgins plays, you know, he should have a good game. But, like, Jamar Chase, like, he should go off in this game at the end of the day. Like, he should have a huge game against this Cardinal secondary. Um, And if he doesn't, that's – and if it's because of, you know, Burrow just not getting on the ball, then that's a a real cause for concern. But, yeah, I don't know. What a mess. All right, moving along. Eagles at Rams. Uh, Potentially the first game of the season for Cooper Cup. Um, I think that will be, you know, that's a huge storyline. It's honestly hard to predict this game. Um, I think I'd go Eagles either way, but like if the Rams have Cooper Cup, what we've seen with Puka I mean, this offense could really start moving the ball. Um Eagles, obviously, like, you know, pretty good offensive game last week. They scored 34 points. AJ Brown, he's back. Um, he was never left. It was just he got he's finally, you know, putting up the stats right. where he used to them this yeah. year. Um, but you know. Like you said, like they're, they're kind of missing uh, Mr. Shane. I'm not even going to go for the last name, but Mr. Shane of the Colts now. Um, on offense, it feels like just the play calling, they're kind of just figuring out, getting their feet wet, still undefeated, obviously, 4-0. Um, and I'll pick them here again. I mean, I think they're just – you know, them and the the Niners we talked about, like these two teams are probably going to go undefeated until – did they play in the regular season this year? I think they yeah. did, right? No? Yeah. yeah. So they might both be undefeated until they, they face each other or just – you know, one have one loss, but yeah, these teams are, uh, you know, Philly's just, just an elite ball club. And, uh, you know, I don't see them losing to the Rams, even if Cooper cup is there, but I think it will be a closer game than people think the Eagles have been playing. I think the difference between this year and last year is just the Eagles have been in a lot closer games. It feels like than last year. I feel like maybe I'm wrong, but at least what I'm remembering yeah, is it felt abs- like they were more like absolutely. blowing teams out where right now it's kind of been like some sketchy football, you know? So we'll see
1: yeah I mean I think I think I've or maybe I've convinced myself this as an Eagles fan but I I am of the thinking that most of the Eagles quote unquote problems which are not I'm saying quote unquote because it's just a four0 yeah' a <laughs> football team um but most of their problems I believe are fixable I think Brian Johnson is has made mistakes he's made some bad play calls. But he's not one of those guys where I watch him call plays and I'm like, you're an idiot or like you yeah. don't get like a flow of a game like he I think he knows what he's doing. I just think he's calling his fifth NFL game as a play caller and it's going to take him some time. And, you know, it's not ideal to be in a Super Bowl window um, and, yeah. you know, ha- be figuring some of the things out like that. But I think this team will get it figured out. This offense has looked really good still hurts looked really good last week, but. Where I am worried about this team right now is is the defensive side of the ball, and especially this matchup this week with this level of health. Um, just you know, they've been going with Bradbury in the slot, and then Josh Job on the outside. So you figure that that will maybe stay, and maybe Bradbury does a great job and stays with Cup, but then you've got Atwell and and Nakua. And one of those, like, it's just, I mean, I don't even know who's going to be starting on the outside. They just signed Bradley Roby who could play, I guess, in the slot or outside. So, you know, there's some secondary issues that I think will get figured out via a trade potentially for Buda Baker or Roby will find a a spot in, you know, like we'll find a spot on the defense, whether it's in the nickel or on the outside and Bradbury will improve. I think this defense will be fine in the long term, but right now, with Sydney Brown looking like he's out and he could be an, another option in the slot. I, I am gonna go with the Rams actually. I wow.
2: Think. Yeah.
0: Um Whoa. Yeah, I need think... to make some animation or some crap or yeah. something for this. Wow.
1: Yeah, I I think this team, I'm not again, I'm I think this team will be fine, but they've played four straight close games, unlike we saw them do last year. Stafford's playing great. This pass rush is is not been as elite as it you know was last year, and hopefully this is a turnaround game for the pass rush because they should eat against this Rams offensive line. But with how quickly they're getting out, and with these playmakers, and with this system, it like it almost hasn't even seemed to matter. Like even the Niners couldn't couldn't completely shut them down um, against against the Rams. So I I think this is a tough kind of nightmare week for the Ram, for the Eagles rather. And I just think the the Rams sweep this out, but I, I do think the Eagles will be fine.
0: What a prediction. Devin Bernstein going against the Eagles. Um, it's outside the arena history here, folks. Yeah. <laughs> um, and all the years of my uh my co-host of going from Cowboys to Eagles now to Eagles again. I don't know if I've really I've probably seen it a few times, but very rare to see uh, especially in a game like this. I mean, it's like Rams are they're good, but I would not. It's not the Niners. If you picked the Niners against them, I might understand. But I'm impressed, Rams. Uh, but they're a good team. I mean, the boy, Russ East, of course. You know, probably the the main factor. I don't know if you know, <laughs> AJ Brown's getting a catch on him. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh my God. Yeah. No. I mean, yeah. That was the main reason. <laughs> what yeah, can I say? And you just didn't want to say it.
0: Um, I didn't want. Yeah, I didn't, didn't want to. You say didn't it, want it. to upset AJ and KC sees this, but yeah, yeah, he's he's not getting shit on Sunday. Not gonna be a good week um <laughs> we can go a lot this is uh i think we're an hour and a half into this podcast now <laughs> somehow but um <laughs> so we'll, we'll we'll get through these four games a little quicker jets broncos um zach wilson big game last week i mean career saving game arguably gave him you know probably an extra week um they finally kind of let him loose which is good to see um you know some encouragement obviously there had the late fumble, took accountability. It's what you love to see. I think Jets fans are finally rallying around him, which I think is just, you know, honestly, looking at what, um, you know, in New York, it's just like, if you're playing so bad, you just get hated on. And I think that's just like the tendency, but looking at what the Phillies fans did with Trey Turner, I think it's such a thing that sports fans really need to realize. and be like, look, I get it. You're frustrated, especially when something's happening as long as it was with Zach Wilson for multiple seasons, but just being there, encouraging them, it can only help. I think, um, you know and look at trey turner ended the season on the highest note of all high notes so just that encouragement i think you know fans just kind of need to it sucks i know and you want to take out your frustration but at the same time um you know i think zach wilson this could be a big week for him against this denver secondary riding off some confidence the fan base is kind of won back a little bit so i'm gonna go with the jets here i think defensively um you know they hung tight with the the chiefs they picked off mahomes twice i think that was super encouraging and, uh, you know, Brees Hall, he's not going to be limited anymore. He's going, you know, back to, I think, Robert South at this point realizes, you know, we're one and three. Brees Hall gives us our best chance to win on offense. He needs to be out there running the ball 20 times a game or close to that. Um, so I'm excited to see more Brees Hall. And I think Zach Wilson, I mean, I'm not saying this guy's going to be a star, but, you know, at least getting the job done where the Jets can start winning some games. So I'm going to go with them against the Broncos.
1: Yeah, I'm going with the Jets here. Um, you, oh, you mean we're going to Broncos win.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh yeah. Um like you kind of you summed it up well. Like, I I mean, like some some signs of hope for Wilson. I'm not fully bought in, but I'm ready to get hurt again with him. Um, like Wilson got involved finally. Sorry, yeah. Garrett Wilson got involved, which is huge because he's just so talented. Like, yeah. you just gotta get this guy the ball. And like you said with Brees Hall, same thing goes for him. I'm um, in the defense—it's like they're still—they're still like a real elite, like unit. Like they—they—they they, they are for real. Like Definitely. they're going to keep them in every game. And I think this offense is going to have a have a pretty easy time against the Broncos. I, I think this actually might be a blowout. But uh,
0: wow, I'll, sorry, I'm
1: sorry, I'm I'm <laughs> just hard, I'm lie to is.
0: Russ is going to cook us so hard. It's going to be <laughs> disgusting. Um, <laughs> next game, Chiefs at Vikings. It doesn't seem like Taylor Swift. I haven't heard anything about her making the journey. She's probably like Minnesota. Absolutely not. (laughs) I'm not making the trip in early October. Um, But, I mean, that whole thing has gotten out of control. But we don't even have to talk about that. Um, I'm going to go with the Chiefs here. I mean, the Vikings, um, you know, big first win last week for them. I still think they could figure out a way to get, like, nine wins on the season. They're still a pretty talented team offensively, especially um, but I just think this defense is not good. And I think their Chiefs offense will will probably have their way. Um, we saw what they did against the Bears. I'm not saying it'll be that bad, but it could be pretty bad. I mean, this Vikings defense is is not very good. So I'll go with the Chiefs here. Um, Pat Mahomes. I mean, when have you ever seen him have two bad games in a row as well?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, yeah. You 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 hit everything on the head. I think It's going to be really hard for the Vikings to stop the Chiefs. I don't even know who the Travis Kelsey man guy is going to be, but it's not going to be fun for them. Yeah. Um, I mean, Brian Floor is a good defensive coordinator. Don't get me wrong, but he just he just doesn't have the Jimmys and Joes to. <laughs> to play now I mean, like I don't like that. I, yeah. No, I I don't know where that saying came from, and <laughs> I, I sound like I'm in my fifties, but. Um, <laughs> Like it's true, I mean, they just don't have the personnel on defense, and I think they'll probably be able to score. But this Chiefs defense looks good, so I say like somewhere in the 31 to 34, like 27 range, something like that. Um, yeah, I'll go with the Chiefs. Yeah,
0: I think it'll be a pretty high scoring game, though. Actually, I think you know, both these defenses aren't amazing, so should be interesting. Uh, Sunday night game, this is really good game. Cowboys at 49ers rematch of that NFC divisional game where. I'll never forget that play where Zeke Elliott lined up at center and just got trampled. Um, Oh, my God. His Dallas defense, another huge performance for them, another two touchdowns. I mean, they have been uh, absolutely killing it this year. Only bad game was against Arizona somehow, which is crazy. Um, They did have a pretty easy first four-game stretch, though, going from the Giants, the Zach Wilson Jets, the Cardinals, and then the Patriots. So they really haven't been tested offensively. Um, where the 49ers are going to be as bad or of a hard as as hard of a challenge as you're, they're going to face. Uh, who do you think wins this one? I mean, this is two of the best three teams in the NFC, I think, arguably.
1: Yeah, I mean, these are these have been, I think, you know, just the two most impressive teams so far this year, just in terms of like they've showed that when they're at their best, they can really dominate anyone, um, um in a way that even the Eagles and the Chiefs haven't shown this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to go with the Niners here and I think this is around I mean we saw it a little bit the Cardinals game but this is around when the Diggs injury is going to start to show up because you really you have to ask yourself and this is a similar question to be asked with the Eagles defense but how many good players are there on this defense outside of Micah Parsons and the defensive line I mean the defensive line don't get me wrong I think this is the best pass rush in the league, but you look at the back sevens, like the linebacker positions aren't great. The safety positions aren't great. Like Gilmore's now like your true number one corner. Like I yeah. I just, I don't think this is going to be the best defense in the league by a lot. And I I just, I think the Niners are just a little bit more loaded on offense than the Cowboys are. I think Purdy has proved me wrong. Like he looks like he might actually just be really good at this yeah. point. Um, and it looks like Ayuk, Ayuk played last week, right? And yeah, he had a beat balled out. Yeah. yeah, he balled out last week. Sorry, it was Devo who was questionable last week. Sorry. Right, yeah. It looks like they should both be back. I just think that's a bit too much for this Cowboys secondary to handle. Um, Should be a great game, though. I'm going to go with Niners. How about you?
0: Yeah, I'm going with the Niners. Um, I mean, we just really haven't, like, honestly, this Cowboys offense, like, outside, and the one game they've had to, like, themselves against arizona like they didn't look that good like they they kind of dak faltered down the stretch i just think the niners are too good i mean look at what christian mccaffrey's doing this season i mean it's he's playing as good as anyone and i mean what i mean it seemed like after all those injuries in carolina for a few years people kind of started doubting him and forgetting about him and it's like this guy's still you know he's up there in the mvp conversation i mean he's the best running back in the nfl i think at this point for sure um and yeah just what shanahan's able to do on that offense you've got kittle Iuke, debo cmc obviously like Trent Williams blocking. And then you look at the defense and it's like, I mean, the amount of star players on this team is flat out. It's crazy. You could talk about these guys all day. And like you said, Purdy, like it just seems like this guy's good. Like, I mean, he hasn't lost in the regular season. The only lost game this team is the only loss they have was when he went out for the game, um, which obviously like, I think the Eagles probably win that game anyway, the way it was going, but like point still, this guy, any he, he's yeah. not every game that he has finished. And been healthy, and he has one. So like, that's pretty crazy. Um, and I just think the Niners are so loaded. We saw what they did. They beat Dallas last year, and yeah, like you said, like that Trayvon Diggs injury. Like this is a game where that will show. Obviously, with you know how the Niners, how explosive this offense is. So yeah, I'm gonna go with the Niners. Um, but this Dallas defense, I'll give them more credit than I think you were. I think this is an elite defense, and the secondary guys, like they've still got guys they rotate in and out. Like Javon Curse, I think is a, a solid ball hawking safety. Um, you know, that kid who had the interception plans when blend can play, he can play, he had a good week last week. So they still got the playmakers. Um, like you said, though, like I, and I kind of mentioned earlier, like this stretch of the schedule was probably their easiest. So don't expect, you know, fantasy wise, don't expect them to drop 20 a game, uh, the rest of the way, maybe they will. I'd love that. I have them in one of my leagues, but, um, yeah, I still will go with the 49ers though. here. Um, I just think they're too good on both sides of the ball. 49ers may be the best team in the NFL um i really hope we get another 49ers eagles um nfc championship i feel like we have to. there's like unless there's some big injuries i feel like there's no way we don't get that
2: yeah
0: um yeah packers raiders monday night football um i think jimmy g is back but i'm not 100%. i think i think
1: he'll be back
0: yeah i would imagine he'll be back the packers two and two uh tough loss last week obviously against the lions felt like they're really never in that game um they just got to get Aaron Jones involved to me. Like he had five carries last week. Like I know they went down early, but he's their best player offensively. I'd like to see more Aaron Jones. Um, I mean, Romeo Dobbs, Christian Watson. Those are solid guys. Um, I'm going to pick the Raiders though. I think I've really, when Jimmy G has been in there and been healthy, I, I've been, you know, I've, I've liked what I've seen. Um, you know, Devontae against Jair should be a fun matchup. Uh, former teammates going head to head for, I think the first time I would imagine. Um, Jacoby Myers has been playing well. Josh Jacobs had an encouraging week last week. So um, I'm going to pick the Raiders. Kind of just a a gut feeling at home in Vegas, Monday night. Just kind of gives those, you know, I think it's in Vegas. Yeah, in Vegas, Monday night. I don't know. I just get Raiders vibes for this one. What about you?
1: Yeah, I mean, I just feel a little let down by this Packers team, man. I'm going to be honest. Like, they got all the talent on defense. They were missing Jair last week. But, like, like, you just can't, like, fundamentally you just can't let your let a team just run all over you like that week after week and it's like it's not uh our nose tackle was out so we couldn't defend the run or uh we're playing the Chiefs so we had to you know really you know whatever it's it's not like that like the Lions are a really good team but you can't just like come out in nickel packages all game long and just watch a team run down your throat and not do anything about it I mean just seems like there's no willingness to adjust here from, I guess, like a, you know, a traditional, more old school organization. And it's like, just wonder, like, when are they going to realize that they're wasting a very talented roster? Like, I, I, I mean, I'm not even going to get into the love thing. It's like, whether you believe in love or not, like this is a, a roster that's talented off around him to show if he's good. And like, you're almost doing a disservice to him by not letting this team get to its fullest potential. So I, I'm I'm gonna agree with you here. I'll go, I'll go with the Raiders. Um Packers just seem like a little bit like they're just not maximizing their talent right now. Um, and that was the case last year as well. But I thought they would kind of turn it around this year, especially on the defensive end.
0: They just they just haven't. Yeah. Um, well, that will do it for our week in NFL predictions. I mean, we are—I think the Monday night game is about to kick off. We've been doing this podcast for almost two hours, so I don't think there's anyone watching right now. But it's somehow there. someone's made it an hour forty-five. Um You're a real one. Thank you. You're, yeah. <laughs> I would not be an hour forty-five even in this. I guess I don't know how it went that long, honestly. Um, especially with four teams on buy. I mean, yeah. Um. All right. Well, that will do it for this week's episode of Outside the Arena. <laughs> Uh, Thank you for watching. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe, the whole deal. And uh, yeah, we'll see you all next week on Outside the Arena.